Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to Our Nerdiest Thing. Today, we are live with a very special guest, author Emily Rath. Emily was raised in Northern Kentucky, a lifelong lover of words. She's been writing for as long as she could hold a pencil. Her earliest stories were about daring egg burglars, majestic horse lords, and seafaring adventurers. She put story writing on hold for a few years, quite a few years, as she pursued higher education. She chose to focus on her other soulmate, international politics. This love showed her the world outside of books. Now she holds a BA in political science and philosophy and a PhD in peace studies and political science. She specializes in African politics and credits her time living in Malawi for reigniting her love of writing. She's currently a university professor and lives in Florida. She hates coffee and leeches and loves a why choose romance. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Emily Rad. That might be the most diverse opening we've ever had in National politics, peace so studies, like leeches. <laughs> I hate leeches. <laughs> yeah, well, you got that off of my um, off of my bio, right? Where I, I sure did. <laughs> tragic, tragic leech incident. Yeah, I have a scar from a leech on my foot. Um, I I've had two face. leeches in my lifetime, and the one left a scar. So it's like oh. this little ring scar on the top of my foot from a leech. So yeah, I have. It, it ignited my fear of open water, which took a very long time to cure. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I know what a leech looks like. They look like a big, fat, like, slug, right? I've like, only yeah. seen like them on Outlander, Like a tadpole. Like a black, the ones that I had looked like a really big tadpole, like a black okay. tadpole. Yeah. You know what? That's not true. Because what was that movie with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tating where they go out? The the city, Lost City of D or whatever. Oh, she has to yeah. pull leeches off his very muscular ass. It's not that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it was my I think my parents had this was like way up in the the Minnesota lakes region, you know, um, and so it was like summer at my grandparents cabin, my parents were in town, I had a leech. And then my aunt is there like, trying to find ways to get it off. So she's like trying to shake salt on it, trying to like hold a match to it, you know, just to like the heat, yeah. trying to like make yeah. it let go as I'm just like, get it off of me. So what actually <laughs> works? Yeah, what this does might work. save someone from a scar someday? What works? The Well, I mean, usually those things, like usually yeah. salts will work, a little bit of salt, they don't like it. And But whatever it was with this one, it was just, she was trying to make it let go naturally rather than right. like ripping it and right. making it worse. But yeah, so... Yeah, I don't, I feel like I've kind of blocked out whatever happened. I just remember like holding my foot there and like the salt on the foot, the match near the foot. And it's just like, get it off. I guess it's better yeah, than but... like the jellyfish thing. At least she didn't have to pee on you. Yeah, that's... yeah no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I should say I didn't catch it in because you sent me the bio and then I didn't actually catch it. And it kind of I was like, oh, tear. You said she's currently a professor. I I'm not anymore. She's formerly a professor, former, former professor. It's official semester starts next week and I'm not starting with them. And that'll be the first time in a very long time. Is that a bittersweet thing for you so you can focus on writing? Yeah, very bittersweet. I've been so distracted. So that's good. That helps with with everything with the new book release coming out and everything. So yeah, I've been very distracted. But a reader the other day was like, how does it feel to, you know, to know that the semester is almost starting and you're not going to teach? And I'm like, thanks. It's, it's weird. I used to like, teach high school. Why did you say something? It's like, I hadn't thought of that. Like, now I'm thinking of it and now I'm sad. That but, first time well, school starting when you're not in the classroom is really weird. Like, 
you can be really happy and excited to not be there for all the reasons, you know, if you get to focus on writing full time, that's great. But you do miss the the routine of it all and the excitement meeting new students. I totally really, I felt that same way. I was not a professor, (laughs) but I was a teacher. So I kind of relate to that a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it'll be bittersweet, but I'll, I'll be staying super busy and got a lot going on. And, you know, I, when you're burning yourself at both ends the way that I was, because I was doing both of these things full time, I was full time authoring and full time university teaching. And it's it there are not enough hours in the day. There's never you know, I was just I was killing myself, essentially, you mm-hmm. know, you just you can only do that for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm looking I'm just looking forward to like better health. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to taking better care of myself, getting better sleep, exercising, my gosh, just to get What's myself. What's that? Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> like just, just, I just need better life balance, you know? Yeah. So is this the first time you've been able to step away from your quote unquote, like college career, you know, the, the career you built for yourself to be able to write? Is this the first time you're able to do that full yeah. time? The congratulations. Yeah, time. That's yeah, amazing. Just, I have, I have spent most of my, I have spent all of my married life essentially you know, I got very married, very young. So, I mean, even before then in college and in high school, I have always had at least two jobs always. Like I've had more time having at least two jobs than I have being unemployed because I was a child. Right. So even in my late teens, I was working, or even when I was full-time undergrad, I was doing multiple side gigs, just pulling money in. And uh, once we were married, I, I was working minimum of two jobs. And so in a lot of cases, so was he, um, it's but the yeah, American so dream, is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the first time in over a decade that I'll have one job. Wow. One. wow. That's exciting. It, I hope you yeah, get some sleep and so, R and R in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, it just gets weird. Cause you're just like, I don't know what to do with myself, you know, or you feel like, I don't know. It feels like time is this luxury I don't deserve. And so now that I have one job and I have time, it's like, what do people do? Like what, it, like what do normal people do to fill all these hours in a day? You know, right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Oh, this is, this is where I could like exercise. This is where I could take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like keep my house together or my life together. Or, like go buy cat food. Like this is the time people do those things. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, waxing, waxing nostalgic about how life is changing, but I'm sure you have questions you'd like to ask me. As <laughs> well, well, I'd like to dive in about um, how like your journey to becoming an author. So since now you're yeah. doing this full time, where did this all start? Yeah, so it really I really started taking the idea of not only writing seriously, but writing like lowercase a author turning into capital A author. Um, it w- happened around 2017. So in my, you know, in my bio that you mentioned, I said, uh, I credit living in Malawi. So in 2017, 2018, I was living in Malawi doing dissertation research for, you know, my other job doing political science dissertation work. Um, Malawi is a very, it's a small, very poor country, one of the poorest countries in the world, landlocked in um, Southern Africa. And internet is incredibly expensive, right? Any kind of infrastructure like that's going to be expensive. So as a poor, starving grad student, you know, it was like, if I am going to try and access the internet to do something, you know, to like entertain yourself in the evening or whatever, it's like, well, number one, we often didn't have electricity. And number two, it was so expensive, we could not afford it. And so it was like, I have this wild imagination. I, I needed some kind of outlet. So it's like, if I can't watch 
and be entertained by something in the evening hours. I need something to do. So I started writing and then the writing kind of went from there. I had a lot of time in the evenings where I was able to write. I wrote a whole story basically in the year that I was there. And my initial path was traditional publishing. I didn't really know anything about self-publishing. If you had asked me then, I would have told you it wasn't real publishing, right? I think I just that long ago, the, that was the case, though. Yeah. I think just in the yeah. last five years, that's become like, okay, this is the way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I had all, all of the nastiest things you can think of in terms of how legitimate it was or the kind of people that would pursue that. I had that, but I didn't know any better. I just right. knew... Right. What rhetoric was out there? I had never explored it, didn't know a thing about it. So I was full trad 100%. So I was in those query trenches. I was, you know, making my lists and contacting agents. Um, and I did that for about two and a half years. I did the first project. I moved forward. I got some interest from agents. I got an r and I actually got an offer from a small publishing house. But I just knew kind of like after looking over the contract and things like that, I just knew it wasn't going to be the right fit for me. It wasn't the right moment. It wasn't the right book, which is really hard to do. If you're, if someone is telling you yes, for you to be the one that says actually no, that was, that was really hard, but I, I still think it was the right move for me. Um, so I wrote the next book, you know, I shelved that one. I wrote the next book. I tried again. I queried for almost a year with that. And then that was when the pandemic hit. So I was about halfway through my querying journey with that book when the pandemic hit, which is when I sunk into like, I need some joy. I am housebound. I, you know, I want something that's just for me, uh, like a project that I don't care if it ever sees the light of day. And that's how my spicy Bridgerton-esque, Jane Austen-esque, why choose Regency romance happened, right? Where I was just like, this is this is for Emily and no one else. <laughs> it's like, this is me doing a mashup of a couple of my favorite things, which is Regency and why choose, right? Um, and then I self-published it. And that that it's like, I haven't looked back since. I had to do all this work to figure out what self-publishing is. How do you do it? I've made literally every mistake one can make. <laughs> I've just been like bouncing around writing books and publishing them. And here I am. Um, and through the self-publishing, I fell backwards kind of into getting an agent. So now I'm agented and now I'm hybrid and I'm actually able to pursue publishing books for the traditional market as well as the self-published market. Emily, do you mind me asking, you said that you made every mistake you could make when you were trying to yeah. self-publish. So if there was a, a new author that was trying to self-publish, what mistake would you want them to not make? What do you want them to know? Oh, goodness. I mean, like literally from the smallest of mistakes to the largest of mistakes, I can tell you I have made them all. So whether whether the, the mistake even being, I may, uh, well, it's hard if I, it's hard to even say whether this is a mistake, but with the first four books that I wrote, those were not written to market. Those were written to holes in the market. And so a, a quote unquote mistake could be they have not sold very well because they're holes in the market, right? Mm -hmm. So you're basically writing to a black hole. There's no one out there looking for that content. And so it's only the people that happen to stumble upon it that are like, oh, wow, right? Like you can tell in a lot of my reviews, it's like, this is the mashup. I never knew I needed, you know, because <laughs> it's like no one's looking for it. No one's expecting it. No one's looking for it. You wrote to a hole in the market. 
Um, so things like that of like how I marketed myself, uh, the idea that I wrote in third person for the self-publishing KU market, third person is like a nail in your own coffin. The first four books I wrote were third person, not to market. I did not you know, know I that. I was a, I've never even it, thought about that. I don't that. even, I don't consider the POV whenever I go into a book. I don't like like five huge POVs. for marketing. Right. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess I hadn't thought about that because that is something that comes up a lot on Bookstagram. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. you know, first person, third person. So yeah, I didn't even know that. I yeah, I did a I did a poll in my Facebook group even when I was because when I did the shift and started writing the hockey books, that was me listening to the advice and seeing everything of everyone that I saw of like, there is such a thing as writing to market and you will be more successful and you will make money if you write to market. So I did a ton of research when I went into the hockey books of just how to write to market. I did a poll on my Facebook group and I asked my readers explicitly which POV or which um, tense do you prefer? It was like 97% of them or something like that were like first person present. Wow. So it's like, so that's what I shall do. My, my readers want first person <laughs> yeah. present. I will write first person present. And then it's like, you want something that's to market. I'm going to write to market. I There's a great book that one of my friends recommended called Seven Figure Fiction. I read that. It was like, I'm just going to do that. Right. <laughs> and so that was me just kind of changing changing strategy a bit of like when I see all of these indie published authors around me just blowing up making all this money and you know and I was like I feel like I could do it if I just stopped making all the mistakes I'm making right and again it's like it's not mistakes because I do love the books that I've written and the readers that love them love them but as far as launching a career being that full-time a author right I I spent two and a half years trudging along, making no money on my self-published books. Um, but then there's even things like making the mistake of not realizing that the Amazon KDP system operates using Greenwich mean time instead of Eastern standard. Time. <laughs> and so I lost with my fourth book, I lost all my pre-orders. I lost everything. Because I was like, I like even, I, I was so cocky. I was so confident. I had like a glass of wine. I was like, I'm going to submit this book early, right? Because like the pre-order deadline, I was like sitting at my desk with a glass of wine ready to hit submit. And it was like, it's locked. You can't access it. It's done. You're done. And there's no, there's no system. Amazon has nothing in place for you to contact them and be like, just unlock it for two seconds so I can put the file in and then you can lock it again. Oh, Not a thing. So I, I lost all my pre-orders. I don't understand why you lose all the pre-orders in that yeah. instance. I, I, that is something I don't, cause we hear that all the time that yeah. the authors lose yeah. the pre-orders, which you use the term nail in a coffin that can really yeah. hurt an author long-term. Yeah. They, I mean, they just, Amazon ha, Amazon is a monopoly. They have absolutely no incentive to engage right. in uh, author assistance, right? You, you can, you can almost never get your problem solved. This has been my experience. I almost never get my problem solved. They have terrible support and why bother? Like, why would they need to bother? Well, because same. They have a total monopoly. It's the same for their customers too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like seriously, like I've been trying to, they, yeah. I, I lost a, um, a family member and I'm the executor. And so I'm trying to get them to, I've sent them their death, the death certificate. I've sent them everything they've asked for and nobody's done anything. Nobody. I'm like, okay, fine. Well, when you want, want to go get your money, that account's closed. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what else to do. 
Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, you even have people like Raven Kennedy out here. It's like, I'm sorry, how popular is Raven Kennedy? How many books does Mm -hmm. she sell? That it's like, they punish you first and ask questions later. Maybe, maybe they'll ask questions. So like taking her books down because she's pirated, like they're being pirated. So it's like, this is against my control. So it's like Amazon could maybe have better policies in place of trolling the internet, looking for pirated sites and taking them down on their end. You know, it's like, no, it's uh, I'm I'm the problem. Right. So you're going to punish me, maybe ask questions later. So she lost she had her books down for days. Right. Right? I remember that, that too. It's like it doesn't matter how big you are. They don't support you no matter what. Like, like, I don't know. It's crazy. I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that, too. But yes, so I've made a lot of mistakes. Those are just some of the, <laughs> some of my mistakes. Every mistake possible I have made, I feel like at this point. I want to go back to something you'd said. You were talking about your uh, Regency romance series. And then, of course, yeah. you have the new hockey romance series. And they're both White Shoes. What, and yeah. you said you really enjoy that. What especially mm-hmm. draws you to White Shoes and, and for doing it in different settings? And also, thank you. <laughs> yeah it has improved love, my love life <laughs> i love the dynamic i love the dynamic that comes with why chooses i i love writing men in particular and so uh, i think anyone that reads my stuff probably notices that they maybe even enjoy reading the men better than they enjoy the women i feel yes. i feel like i give myself away and how much i enjoy writing men um so like maybe i'll even get to a point where i'll just do a why choose and it's all men there is no woman right Um, i like that idea i'm into it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i um i just i love the dynamic i love the dynamic i love i love it because because spice spice when it's written down is so much different than spice in real life than spice when you're watching it visually and so when you have multiple people in the room, you can have so much more fun with scenes. You can have more dialogue in scenes, even as if you realize like a, a lot of people will joke of like, if anyone ever treated me or anyone ever talked to me like they do in my books, I would be so uncomfortable. You know, like it's just <laughs> different. Like it just, it just hits different when it's written and when you're reading it. And so it's really fun in the group scenes to just have more people there and people able to talk to each other, like play off of each other. Right. So banter and um, emotion and, you know, I I just, I have a lot of fun with it. And I, and I just, I think it's part of my life journey of being an ex fundamentalist Christian and, and embracing my queer identity and pushing back on all of these different things I've been taught my whole life. So pushing back on ideas of monogamy, exploring ideas of non-monogamy and what that can look like in healthy situations. I think all of this is part of my life and my unpacking a lot of trauma and demons that I have from my life of being raised the way that I was and, and stepping into who I am, right. To be a person in my thirties, still very much exploring who I am and what kind of life I want to have. Um, and so, yeah, the why choose just gives me so much freedom to do that um, and and explore in different ways that is very therapeutic for me, frankly. Well, it comes across in your writing because I have so enjoyed it. And I, I'm fairly new to why choose in general. And I started out with more of a um, like there was a paranormal reason for the why choose, mm-hmm. which I really dug. It, it was, was Jay Bree. It was you Jay Bree. Um, the Bonsai mm-hmm. Tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then, so then yours was the first one I read that was like contemporary. And I was like, how is this mm-hmm. going to work? And it so works. Like, I love mm-hmm. the idea that there might not be one person that fulfills every hole in your heart. Yeah. And it just- you said in your heart. <laughs> 
I was like, Mindy? <laughs> and all the other ones, too. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just really, like, I, there was something that resonated with me for that. And I I love, yeah. I think it definitely, like, what, what you said definitely comes across on your writing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just important to explore that. Or even even as I just look back on my life in different times, even like the idea of like soulmates, right? Where we always think of like soulmate, soulmate level match or one soulmate. But it's just this idea of like, gosh, we're all so complicated. We're all such complicated people. And the idea of one person meeting all our needs, even if it never gets sexual, right? So that's where you can even think of like that best friend that you go to, that you have a relationship where there are things you tell the best friend that you don't tell a partner. Or there's things you tell a sister that you don't tell the partner or the best friend. Or that you just, people are complicated and not, not all of the facets of us can be met by one singular other person, right? right? And it's fair on both sides. So, so often you feel like, or I've had these conversations where people think like it's women and it's like, no, it's men too. Like it's anyone, it's any person, he, she, they, like they, like we're complicated people and we're social people and it's rare. And maybe, maybe there are people that they do align better and they are a good match, but I feel like it's actually not the norm, mm -hmm. but we've been taught to like, look for that right. or think that that's real, you know? And I, it just, it gets exhausting of like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep pretending that you're the one, you're the perfect one when we both know that this isn't real. Or, you know, it's like, you just get to a point where you're like, it, this doesn't feel real the way that society and culture and religion or, you know, all these other things try and make me think this is real. My one partner. One, well, I think um, you can get caught up too uh, in, um, because in all that rhetoric that yeah. um, it's easy. And so people yeah. don't realize that it's work. If you're going to stay with yeah. one person, you're going to have to work a lot harder to fulfill yeah. those other parts that need to be fulfilled. And, and yeah. you know, that's probably why most, you know, half of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. <laughs> but or, or I think worse is you, you don't do the work. It's, it can either be that you do the work or I think what I feel like I see so much and what so many people, you know, just like friends or family members, whatever, they become someone they're not, mm -hmm. you know? And so in your effort to meet the needs of all the needs of your partner, you twist yourself into knots or you become someone that you're not, but it's the, it's the thing that they need. And then you're like, this is not me. This is not me. If we had a second, if we, you know, if we had another wife, then maybe the other wife that did have that personality would do those things for you or meet that need for you. It's not me. So I'm becoming someone I'm not. I'm chipping pieces of myself away. I'm changing my identity to meet your needs at my expense, the expense of my mental health, my emotional health, right? And so you can go and you can be like, well, here we are 15 years later and I don't recognize myself anymore. Like how many times have people said that in marriages of like, I twisted myself into someone I'm not for you. When, what if we lived in this crazy world where we just had more of us and you had that other person that met those needs and I could continue to meet the needs that I do meet for you. And well, we and could knowing, all just roll along. Knowing you know? how you it's grew just, up, knowing how you grew up, Emily, and you know, you said you're an ex fundamentalist Christian, right? Yeah. How do you deal with the negative feedback from that group of people? Um, you, uh, you just have to have a really thick skin, right? Like even I had made a TikTok the other day, uh, a reader of mine was so funny. You know, she, she made a talk where someone was basically like talking about like how important it is to read sacred texts or something. And so she jokingly like held up 
a pucking around and is like, <laughs> um, you know, like from the first book of Caleb chapter 55, what did you say oh, to I me? I saw that you know, one. It's like whatever. That yeah. was awesome. So, so I turned them into stickers and I sent her a couple and I got hate like on that. The, I posted a TikTok saying that this is what happened. So I turned them into stickers. Here they are. So here's, you know, here's a couple of Bible verses, like, right? Tongue in cheek. And I had several comments pour in that I, I deleted out because it's like, I don't owe you a thing. I don't owe you a goddamn thing. That's you know what I mean? It's like, have. I have yeah. so much... I have so much pain and I, I've cried enough, right? I have cried enough for that life. I cried enough for not meeting the expectations. I have cried enough for accepting who I am as a queer person. You know, you just like, I, I don't owe Christians anything else. They've taken enough of me. They can't have more. And so you just have to reach a point where it's like, <laughs> I, I don't owe you a goddamn thing. And so that. it just that's really awesome. thickens your skin. Um, you can't hear like, me clap over podcasts, but that's what I'm doing <laughs> off camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so, that's amazing. The silent golf clap. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not, it's like for, when religions work for people, if Christianity works for people, if Christianity in the U.S. works for you, fine. It does not work for me. It did not work for me. It was torturous. It was traumatic. It was upsetting. It was awful. I got out. You're not going to drag me back in mm-hmm. and you're not going to make me feel bad Good for you. You, know? like, you just yeah. can't do it. Good for you. I, I feel like yeah. a lot of women need that mantra. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, I love that you take that. I mean, I hate that you had those experiences, but obviously it's been so cathartic, I think, to use that in, in your creative life right? To, to take that and be able to turn it into something that brings joy to so many other people and brings so much enjoyment to so many yeah. other people while also being therapeutic for you, I think is a really beautiful way to kind of take that bad experience, bad experiences and turn it into something yeah. positive. Yeah. Well, and I just feel like, I feel like it's meant so much to me of like, just how many queer people have reached out to be like, oh, thank God, like to to write queer people just being unbothered and being happy and just living their life and no one questioning them, uh, you know, or how many polyamorous people, right, active in the lifestyle have been like, you, the way you talk about consent or the way you highlight communication and that it's sometimes messy and that it's sometimes awkward and it's sometimes confusing, you know, um, that has meant so much as well, that it's like the readers that are meant to read it and take lessons out of it or, or feel better, right. Or get the support or comfort that they need. They're going to get it. Right. So that makes it that much easier. If you can have someone that's like, I have a better relationship with my trans child now because of reading one of your books, it's that much easier to ignore the trolls that comment on a TikTok about like, how dare you make a mockery of the Bible? Be like, Bye, you know, it's like, <laughs> bye. Like, you can just ignore it. You yeah. can delete and you can ignore, of like, I don't need that noise when I would so much rather focus on the noise of someone saying, you know, you've improved my marriage or you've encouraged me to try new things in our relationship or I understand my queer children better. Like, it's just like, that is the message I will keep, you know? the others can go away. Well, and there are so, so many readers that are embracing this. I mean, 
if you haven't been living under a rock <laughs> um, <laughs> and not read this amazing book, can you tell some of our listeners kind of um, a little bit about Pucking Around and its companion books and then what we can expect from the upcoming sequel, Pucking Wild, which I have yeah. in my hot little hands and I have not gotten to yet and it's stressing me out. <laughs> yeah. So this, the series starts, this is a contemporary hockey romance series that I am building out. And so the whole series started with a short little novella that I wrote basically as like, honestly, it was like a newsletter hook, right? For my readers of like, get this free novella. It was around Christmas time. So it's like, Merry Christmas, free thing, join my newsletter. But it's basically like a one night stand that introduces you to two of the main characters. So it's fun. It's sexy. It's just like laugh out loud funny as the two of them just have a a sweet moment together um, in Seattle. And that's what kicks it off. And so Pucking Around is the first main book. And Pucking Around is an MMFM, you know, queer, why choose hockey romance, right? So you have um, each of the books, there's going to be five main books in the series. Each of them will be Pucking something, right? So we've got Pucking Around, Pucking Wild is book two that comes out August 21st. Pucking Sweet will be book three. And so it's an interconnected standalone series. So each main book will be different characters as the POV. So in Pucking Around, you have the four main characters, Rachel as a young med student, basically kind of like still med student level in her residency, wins a fellowship, a one-year fellowship, and she's placed with a professional sports team to like basically learn on the fly, right? Like you're going to learn how to do sports medicine by following along a sports team. And so she's placed with the newest expansion team of the NHL, which is called the Jacksonville Rays. So while she's there, you know, the love story unfolds between her and three of the guys that are connected to the team. So two of them are players and one is the equipment manager for the team. Um, With the books that go on, then book two, which comes out on August 21st, that is Rachel's best friend, Tess. um, And again, one of the hockey players. So all the five main books will feature at least one hockey player with someone, right? Someone (laughs) Someone else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so so book two is Tess and Ryan. Ryan is a forward. Tess is, is Rachel's best friend, and Tess is kind of going through some stuff, right? She's going through some life changes, and she goes to Jacksonville um, as she's processing some changes to her life and meets Ryan, and they uh, kick things off from there. Um, and then book three will be uh, MFM book, that will feature the public relations director and two of the hockey players. I'm so excited for and that one. And then book four will be an MM book, which will be a, a doctor of physical therapy and one of the players, or he's like coming in uh, to potentially be the doctor of physical therapy. And then book five will be uh, FFM, and that will feature one of the mains from Pucking Around, Jake. It's his sister's book will be the fifth oh. book. And so that's his sister, Amy, with a team statistician and a player. Oh, my gosh. Um, I can't wait. So, yeah, we're going to have a ton of fun with it. That's going to be the next, like, year and a half of my life, <laughs> slowly rolling out these books. Um, I've got a lot of other stuff planned, too, though. It's not just all hockey from here. Like, once I done finish this series, then I'll be moving on to other things. And even as I'm finishing this series, other things are going to be coming out from me, um, which is exciting. But yeah, that's sorry, that was a long answer. But no, no, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. 
Um, so I know from being um, part of your Facebook group, the Emily verse, like you have a great yeah. fandom that's like yeah. supportive of you. And I love being a part of it. Are there any yeah. fandoms that you are a part of? Like, or do you have any like specifically nerdy things that you enjoy doing? Specifically nerdy things. <laughs> I, or generally nerdy. Or generally too. nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would think I, I was never really the type that honestly, just because I was so busy with like extracurriculars or whatever, I was never really the type that got into like boy bands growing up because I was always in band. I was in symphonic and jazz and marching band, you know, so it's like that took up my what time. Instrument, and- Emily? I was I was a percussionist. Me too. So I did, yeah, I'm a snare I did drum. drumline. Yep. Yeah, yeah, That's I did drumline, and then well, I did pit as well. So I did. I loved doing um, like marimba, um, uh, xylophone, all that. Anything I don't know that. about you, but I always loved the guys that would just come in there and dick around, and then we would like go to secure like first chair, second chair, and I was like first chair, and they'd all be like. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. that's right. I'm good at what I do. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, the, the things that I was into, I mean, I, an obscure fandom that I would say that I followed was like, I was really into horseback riding. So like uh, eventing, you know, like oh. drama and intrigue amongst, <laughs> you know, Olympic level eventers like dressage and show jumping and stuff. Like I was really into that and I would go to events and, and you know, like get to go and see them do like lectures and stuff like that. Or like they would do these, um, it's kind of like a version of a lecture where they would be mic'd up and basically be talking to the crowd as they were giving a lesson. Right. And so it'd be like, like these cool things that like you could go and they would have like, it's going to be an open lesson. The crowd can be there and watch as someone is riding a horse and being instructed by this Olympian, and then, but you're getting to hear everything the Olympian is saying, and then the Olympian kind of like talks to the crowd. It's like is that obscure enough, weird enough? It's like in an terms interactive of like TED a talk. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's yeah, a very good one. It's like an interactive TED talk. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So I did that a couple of times. Um, yeah, I would say super obscure stuff like horses and horse training, uh, horseback riders. That, that was fun, a, that was something that I was super. Into. Whitney doesn't like horseback riding. <laughs> <laughs> she got flung from a horse on our last girls' trip, <laughs> but oh, her horse yeah. was a bitch. You know, <laughs> she was. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to move into um, just a quick little speed round. Um, it's called hockey romance title, yay or nay? Okay. okay. So some of these are real titles. Some of them are ones that I've made up, and you just okay. tell me yes or no. But really okay. quick before I get started, were you a hockey fan before you started writing hockey romance or did it just kind of fall in your lap? Yeah, no, yeah, I was, I was, even before I was writing hockey romance, I was reading hockey romance. So that was, that was what really inspired me going back to the conversation we had talking about writing to market. I had noticed when I, you know, way back in my, you know, history of my TikTok, you can see that. I would do reviews of hockey books, hockey series that I was reading. And what I had realized pretty early on was like, they got a ton of views, right? Like there were people, those would hit the FYP. Those were being found by people. They were being seen by people. And so I was like, you know, I think there's something to this. Like the, the author hat went on of like, there's a lot of traction on TikTok amongst hockey romance readers me being one of them, right? I was doing Helena Hunting and Samantha Whiskey, SJ Tilly, right? Um, I was reading all these different hockey series and seeing 
how much engagement the videos got. So that was where I felt like even while I was deep in finishing my Regency series, it was just on the back burner of my brain of like that there's a market there. There is a market on TikTok for hockey romances. Um, but even before then, yes. So I've, that I've always been interested in hockey. We've gone to hockey games. My family's from Northern Minnesota. I actually have, my great grandfather was a professional hockey player. I didn't know this until I started doing the research for my book. And my mom was like, you know, my grandpa played, he actually played for the NHL. He played for Boston. He played for Chicago. And then he played for the AHA, so the American Hockey Association. Um, so that's kind of like minor minor league. Um, but he played for the St. Paul Saints. He played for Tulsa. And then he actually has a patent for a blade sharpening device. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, so my mom was able to find a bunch of like old clippings from oh, that. Cool. So there's these cool pictures of like him in the 30s in his St. Paul Saints uniform right or like him on the ice um it's really cool um but yeah so the the love of hockey has always been there even if it was just like quieter you know (laughs) and then hockey romance is where it started and then once i was reading the hockey romances i was like here's how emily writes to market i'm gonna write (laughs) hockey um and then i dove all in yeah i am when i discovered hockey i've always been not always but i've been a hockey fan for a long time my family follows the St. Louis Blues and so we're like all in we're like super jazzed about it and Mm -hmm. then I found out that there's these romance books being written all around hockey I'm like where Mm -hmm. have these been all my life like (laughs) (laughs) so that it's fairly new to me that I even discovered that whole genre so um I'm just super happy about it anyway so you probably will recognize some of these um titles okay we'll see (laughs) okay so okay hockey romance title yay or nay puck me secretly Yay. See Jane score. Maybe? Yes. Yay. It's by Yay. Odette Stone. Oh, okay, See Jane yeah. score is Rachel Gibson. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. you're right. No, yeah. Puck Me Secret. Oh. Thank you for... Uh, yeah. I need to make my um, stuff bigger <laughs> <laughs> so I can see better. So, yes, See Jane score is Rachel Gibson. Okay. okay. Next, The Butt End. I would think maybe nay. Correct. It should be. <laughs> it should be, be though, a real right? title. It's my favorite hockey term. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, egotistical puck boy. Ooh, yay! Yes. That's Saxon James. Yes, it is. <laughs> Get in my five hole. I'd say nay. <laughs> you would be correct. Sorry. My husband came up with that, that one. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sleet kitten. Yay, that's S.J. Tilly. Yeah, you mentioned S.J. Tilly. Hot as puck. Hot as puck. Um, I don't think that's one of Helena's, is it? Helena did all of the puck. Maybe? I would say yes. Maybe? It is no. a yes, but it's Lily Valente. Okay, Lily Valente. Yeah, yeah okay. it, it is one. Uh, naughty or ice? That sounds like maybe yes. Yes? Yes. yes. Sylvia Pierce wrote that one. Yeah. Puck like bunnies. These are good. <laughs> I think I mean no. It's a no. <laughs> All right. Puck like bunnies. <laughs> they haven't heard these, so that's why <laughs> we weren't prepared. <laughs> All right. Five on three. Hey, maybe? No? That's a no. 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 Um, nope, that's a no. I'm doing okay. I you think. are doing really yeah. good, actually. Yeah. All right. Sincerely, the puck bunny. 
Actually, I think that is one. It is. It's Marin Moore. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, poke check. Oh, go ahead. Poke check? Poke check. <laughs> Sorry. These are so no. funny to watch hockey. Like, so they don't even know, like, these are actual hockey terms. <laughs> I'd say no. Poke check actually is. It, it was written. Is? Okay. Yes. It's written by R.H. Scott and V.L. Losey. I hadn't read that okay. one yet, but now I want to. Uh, yeah. The next I, I should say as well, I'm terrible with titles. It's the kind of thing oh. that, like I'm much better with covers than titles. Gotcha. But I feel like I'm doing okay. You're doing really, really well. <laughs> yes. All right. The next yeah. one is The Deke and the Dangler. Uh, no. <laughs> I did not keep it together. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that one, my husband came up with that one as well. <laughs> All right. The next one is hitting from behind. That one seems plausible as a yes. It's a no, but it does seem more plausible than some Even, of the yeah, yeah. It seems plausible. Yeah, this is what's so hard. Of, yeah. It's like these kind of games. Yeah. Uh, the next one is grinder. Yes. That, that is Samantha Whiskey. It's, it, well, it's Julia Bevan. But maybe maybe Samantha Whiskey did one called Grinder too. Maybe I think yeah. Samantha yeah. for sure also has one called okay. Grinder. And then the final one is Bang at Home. Bang at Home. Maybe no. It is a no, but that one definitely should be a title, right? <laughs> like I came up with that one, and I'm like, I think I need to write that one. Add it, add it to your short list of title ideas. <laughs> you did really, really well with those. I think I only missed like two. Yeah, yeah. you definitely got a passing grade. Yes. You win for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're gonna, we're going to do another speed round. This is our nerdy and dirty speed round to just get to know okay. you a little bit better um, outside gotcha. of your writing. So if I will give you these prompts and you just say the first thing that comes into your mind. The, Ready. The last song you listened to. Uh, it's the Dua Lipa from the Barbie soundtrack. The it's really good. Dance, dance the night away. I don't have the now words. It's going to be stuck in my head. I, <laughs> I love yeah. that one. What fictional character do you have a crush on? Oh, that changes frequently. <laughs> um, right now, I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy, and where I am in the series of Grey's Anatomy, I'm I'm going back into my crush with Jackson Avery. Like mm. there was oh, yeah. a moment where it's like, ugh, I'm I'm loving Jackson. Those so eyes, at the though. current moment. Mm inspired by what i'm watching i'll say jack's name <laughs> uh what, i'm very mercurial it changes all the time yeah i think all all three yeah, of us would say the same thing <laughs> what is a book series that you always recommend uh the abhorsen chronicles by garth nix oh i don't know that is that changed my life it's it, YA fantasy. i was gonna say is that middle grade or why yeah because we yeah, have that's a couple Ab- abhorsen sabriel is the first one sabriel lyriel abhorsen we don't have uh, that um series in our i work in a library uh, elementary school librarians but we do have some yeah. garth nicks in our library i'll have to look yeah i love i love the abhorsen chronicles what tv series should everyone watch I'll tell you the series that it broke my heart that they only made two seasons of it is the Rome series on HBO. That was like so flipping good. And it basically was a situation of like, it cost them so much money and like set design and everything that HBO was like, you have to do this cheaper or we're canceling you. And they're like, then no, because we're not going to sacrifice our artistic vision. And they like made only the two seasons. Um, But I feel like, God, so I I feel like it was really well done. 
Um, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. So I don't want to be like, everyone go watch this show. <laughs> but it was so good. And that there's only two seasons just breaks my heart every time, every time. Um, I love that show. Rome, HBO. A book character you would get nerdy and dirty with. Hmm. It could be one of yours. <laughs> yeah. It could be one of mine. Okay. Well, <laughs> sure. Mine, it, well, it would be Burke from my Regency series. Yeah. A food that you refuse to eat. Yeah, I remember seeing this one on the list. Okay, so my family growing up, they loved, it would be like once a month, we would do like the Polish kielbasa and sauerkraut. Yeah. And it's, it's sauerkraut. Yeah, it's that, that me smell. Sauerkraut. Like, I can so appreciate that it's cultural and I can so appreciate how many people love and care for sauerkraut. That smell haunts me. Um, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very much though about like smell affecting taste for me. Like mm-hmm. I was a very, yeah. very picky eater as a kid. Um, so yeah, smell affects taste. And so I would say sauerkraut even, but like, I love kimchi. So mm-hmm. kimchi is like just prepared differently, but right. whatever it is about sauerkraut, that smell of it sautéing in a pan is just like, uh, that's The fact that the scarring. word sour is in the name too <laughs> isn't appealing either. It doesn't help uh, anything. It doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? yeah, but it's like other kinds of sour cabbage. I will eat. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I will but that particular kind of sour cabbage is a hard pass. No, thanks. Uh, what paranormal power would you want to have? Mm, I want to say like flight. Flight would be cool. Reading people's minds would just be exhausting. Or like if you, you know, like a magnet too. too, But like a Professor X. It would hurt my feelings too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flight would be cool. Or like Magneto, controlling magnetic Mm. fields. That would be really, I would want both. I would want to fly and control magnetic fields like Magneto. I feel like you need to fly to get to the magnetic fields. (laughs) (laughs) Those go hand in hand. A favorite weekend activity. Um, I love swimming. So taking my kiddo to whether it's like the splash pad or the pool, or the beach, I've always loved the water. So swimming is, would be a big one that I would love. Um, and then also a lot of times when we're like in the heat of the week and we're all really busy and this was, this will change now that I'm working just the one job, but we, our guilty pleasure is brunch. Mm-hmm. So like going on the weekends as a family and getting brunch, um, we do that pretty much every weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. One of those days will be us brunching somewhere. It's just nice. Yeah. Like, just relaxing. So swimming and brunch. I would like to have a weekend with you to be able <laughs> to do this. Yeah. That sounds great. Brunch and then swim. Yeah. Uh, smut or plot? Mm, smut. Both. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I would say I would I would choose plot over smut if I had to. But I do I love I love romance. Um, so if there's romance in the plot, that's great. But if I had to choose one, I would choose plot. Yeah, a favorite childhood book. Um, I mean the Aporson Chronicles are kind of middle grade into. Um, I'm looking over at my list over here. Oh, Hank the Cow Dog. I love that, that series. One. We have that in our library still. It yeah. still gets yeah. checked out by kids. Yeah. 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 Or ooh, Brian Jacques. <gasps> Maybe I'll, I would switch it to Brian Jacques. Oh, yeah. I love the Red Wall and um, the Red Wall yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. have to look at look at these very fruit. very different. They're kind of different ends of a spectrum. Very. Both talk animals, but different, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different vibes. Hank the cow dog fantasy. versus yeah, yeah. Hank yeah. the cow dog. I I contain multitudes. I contain a love for <laughs> Hank the cow dog and Brian Jacques. You are both whimsical <laughs> and fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are you currently reading, or what is the last book you finished and loved? The last book I finished and. I'll say I enjoyed this one. I'm enjoying the series. Didn't actually kind of love the one that I just read. I'm reading the Naga Bride series from Naomi Lucas. So it's mm-hmm. a sci-fi uh, f- a series that is, it's like um, snake centaurs. <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. guy on top, snake on bottom. <laughs> so That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> so oh, it's kind of like with Tiffany Roberts, work, like the ensnared series where mm-hmm. it's like a kind of like a, arachnitar right like a spider spider centaur type thing um very similar (laughs) but it's cool it's kind of got like um uh, ice planet barbarian vibes Mm -hmm. where it's like you're each of the books is giving you small pieces of the world building so you're putting together this bigger puzzle of like what happened why are they here what are they looking for what's going on and it's wrapped into these standalone romances um, mm-hmm. between human women and these um, uh, kind of hybrid uh, aliens. I love but the monster romances cool. because how do these yeah. authors come up with all these different peens and like what they do? <laughs> like, it's amazing. <laughs> and the fact that they convince us that we should be into this. Right. I'm like, sometimes my husband listens to our podcast episodes and he's like, really? I guess so. I learn a lot by reading. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I, because when I'm, when I'm deep into the writing, it's actually really hard for me to read when I'm deep into writing my own book. And if I do read, it has to be something completely different. So that's where, like, I'm writing a hockey, a contemporary hockey romance. So the only thing I could read and just let myself read was... A snake centaur romance. <laughs> I mean, at least you were reading, right? Yeah. 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 So I read, I think I read three of them. The last one I read, though, I think there's four currently out. In, no, I think there's five out in the series, but I had only read two. And so then I was catching up, but I didn't love the one that I just read. I thought it was just kind of like, mm, okay. But the others I enjoyed. Um, but your question was, what did I read last? So. <laughs> And last for our nerdy and dirty speed round, cake or pie? Cake. Me too. So many people have said pie. You're the first cake in a while. I've been waiting for my cake people. (laughs) Thank you. I'm not a big fan of pie. Yeah, I'm not either. I am. So now we have what we call three tough questions. And these are questions about your writing or writing process. So the first one is, what is a scene that you edited out of one of your books, but you really wish you could have kept it in? Um, edited out, but wanted to keep in. Um, I, let me think. It's hard to say, because a lot of times when I edit something out, it's like, it's for good reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if I edit an entire character out, or I I edit an arc, like a direction that I'm going out, it's kind of like, because it needed to come out. Um... I had I had a whole character in my Regency series. Basically, Rosalie had an aunt. And 
the the first draft of Beautiful Things, the aunt actually showed up to Alcott Hall with her. And the aunt was kind of a foil where she was able to provide advice and she was able to kind of be there as a support for Rosalie as they go to the summer house. And I just, I ended up pulling all of it basically. And, but there were, there were going to be ways that the aunt was going to have kind of redemption and be providing backstory. You know, there was a lot that the aunt was eventually going to do, but she was just taking up space on the page and slowing down the beginning of the book. So I ultimately had to make a choice to like, just cut her uh, practically completely out of the book. Um, to make room for Rosalie meeting the gentleman more quickly. Um, so I feel like ultimately it was the right decision, but it was just me like loving plot and loving sure. characters and building characters. I liked the ideas of what I had for her. She just ultimately became superfluous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all of that had to be cut, but it ended up being like 30,000 words that I had to oh, cut wow. and rework oh, because she was in there. She was in the first third of the book. Wow. Um, so I'd say maybe that one. That would be a very tough decision. That See, I couldn't make decisions like that. <laughs> I would need an yeah. assistant to be my boss also. Be like, this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, next on the tough questions, what is a super specific detail uh, that you know about one of your characters that doesn't really have anything to do with the plot or the story, but it just makes you love them more? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh Oh, I think I have mentioned this uh, someplace before and people were like, what? But the fact that in my mind, it's canon that Langley, who is the lead in book two of the Pucking series, right? The hockey romance. Langley is a direct descendant of Tom Renly uh, in my um, uh, Regency romance series. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Because they're both blondes, like they just they have kind of like a same energy, kind of golden retriever, and it's like, ugh, in my mind, there is a thread that connects them, and that they're he's a direct descendant of. Well, Tom I like that. The, I love that. Yeah. I do too. I like the white canon for me now also too. Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like changes changes nothing, and it doesn't matter. But in my head, that's canon. Yeah, I Tom think that's in. really cool. Tom, Tom is in the family tree. <laughs> and so, our last tough question: What is a writing ritual that you have that might seem unhinged? to outsiders unhinged um i mean like depending on the writer like even i've joked with some of my friends about this the fact that i write at night i write late at night most every other author friend of mine writes in the morning Hmm. the idea of their brains functioning to be able to write at night they're like i could never i literally could that's what i was just thinking Um, about myself but they're like my sweet spot is from you know like 8 to 10 a.m and then i can't write anymore or something you know so um me it but it was it was a function of my life it was a function of the fact that i worked nine to five sometimes even later into the evening. And then I would come home, try and be present with my family, make dinner, put my kid to bed. So I wasn't starting my second job until sure. like nine at night. And right. so I'd be going until one, two, three in the morning, um, trying to be productive and creative. But for most of my writer friends, they're like, I could never do that. Do you think you'll um, keep that schedule since you're used to that? Thing. Will you still write at night? Honestly, it's, it's going to be very strange. My kid goes back to school tomorrow. And so it's going to be a real strange 
reality to sit in of finally having that freedom. Cause that's, what's been weird about this summer mm-hmm. is like, I quit the job, but it felt like nothing changed, mm-hmm. you right. know, but it's because he was out of school. And so he's here with me. Um, and so really nothing did change. I wrote pucking wild mostly at night through the summer when he goes to bed. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens to see what my productivity looks like. Like a part of it's it's hard because the 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 overachiever in me or the person that cannot stand to have free time because she doesn't know what to do with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to start writing like two books at once? Instead of like, instead of actually like living my life, right? Like exercising or doing anything, it's like I'm going to just start writing two books at once, and so I'm going to write during the day. And I'm going to write at night and nothing's going to change. You know, so I'm just like, I I am, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, Monday, Monday's going to be brave new world for me. Yeah, um, sounds like it. One well, job and the kid in school. You did tell us what is coming next in the Puck series. So there's uh, four more books coming there. But are you allowed to share what you're going to be writing after that? I have, uh, I have several other things that are... Some of them are already in progress, right? So I have, um, I have some things that hopefully I will be able to announce very soon in terms of a uh, book headed to the traditional market. Um, that that's really exciting. I mean, I've mentioned it in a couple of different places. People know that it's a fantasy. It's my adult. It'll be my adult fantasy kind of quote unquote debut, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't really done anything really strongly fantasy yet. Um, so it'll be an adult fantasy debut, and that will be debuting in the traditional side of things. Um, and that it's a it's a medieval Finnish fantasy, so oh, it uses cool. Finnish Finnish mythology. Um, my family is Finnish on both sides, and you know have a long history there. Of my grandmother grew up speaking Finnish in the home. My grandfather on the other side, like his job growing up was to chop wood to prep for the Friday sauna nights. You know, yeah. um, so there's a there's a lot of nods to my history on both sides, my family history on both sides um, in that fantasy series. Um, so that'll be coming. I have a, I have an adventure romance that I want to do. That's kind of like my ode to the mummy. Um, and I have a monster romance I'm desperate to do. Uh, oh my gosh, so much fun. Like I'm just, that's the one, even as I'm, I know right now I'm supposed to be writing a hockey book. Um, but my ethos has always been follow the joy. Like you can't do this if you don't, if you're not having fun, you know, you can't do this. You can't force it. And so to think of trying to write another hockey book when I've already done so many in a row, you know, it's just like I, my brain needs the joy of right. something else. Yeah. Um, and so I might, I might just do like this one-off monster romance just to, just to capture some of the joy of something different, something fun um, before I dive back into hockey. So yeah, um, we're gonna want to know what the peen is like. That's what we yeah. need to know. And you're a monster romance since we've already, I'm already talked like, about that. Take all my money. Yeah. So he's he the the monster. What's well, kind of it's it's kind of like monster slash paranormal because the the monster. If I did it as a series, I have an idea for three books. It'd be like the Dukes of Hell series, and um, the first one would be a wraith demon is what I'm calling oh, him. Cool. So he kind of looks like a Dementor or mm-hmm. like the Reaper. You know, so it's like hooded skeletal hands you don't really see a face and he kind of doesn't really have a bottom half so it'd be this interesting thing of Mm -hmm. he can take corporeal form so it's basically like he works with him like a mage that gives him a ring that he can like 
have a human body, right? Um, so the, the spicy times can happen in the human body, but there will be a moment of kind of like, if you're going to love me, you're going to love all of me. And this is right. Ring comes off. (laughs) This is what I actually look like that type of thing. Um, and so we can have spicy time in the ways in which he's able. Right. And I actually think that'd be really fun. I'd like to have, have spice in the way that he's able to have spice with her in that form, right. Knowing that there is another form that he can take that they can have different spice, you know? Um, we'll but yeah, it's, use it's those skeletal fingers. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, well, cause you can do fun things with like shadow magic. Like who doesn't yeah. love a little bit of like smoke and We're shadow to the shadow daddies yeah, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the shadow daddy vibes. Yes. Right. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, so it's a ton of fun. Like, it'll open with, like, he's this wraith demon that's bonded to a dark witch, and he basically is, like, her bounty hunter, you know? So it's like she can basically force him to go do her dirty work. So it's like, hey, someone owes me money. Go kill them or go threaten them, you know? And so the book will open chapter one of, like, him on a job. He's sucking the soul out of a person, and in will walk, like, the most mundane woman you've ever met. And he's just going to be like... <gasps> She's the one. <laughs> like, it's gonna be like this instant attraction of like like soulmate level match. You know, like what we're talking about of like, oh my god, she's the one. And so like it's gonna be so funny of like basically the side like kind of like true blood of like campy, dark, mm-hmm. gory, funny. Um, as he's just like, ladies, if he wanted to, he would. If he wanted to <laughs> you, he would. And so like watch as this wraith demon twists his life inside out to be with this like perfectly normal grad student, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I can't I'm wait. Excited. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. So yeah. I know that we're going to get to see you at less than the low country, actually at the end of next month, that's coming up really soon. But what other events or festivals do you have coming up in the next year? Because I know you have a, a lot. So where can people come <laughs> see you? Yes. So this weekend I will be at Steamy Lit Con. So that'll be the weekend of August 18th. I actually, I don't know when you're planning to post this. So it may be too late, but, <laughs> but I will be, I will be at Steamy Lit Con. That's in Anaheim, uh, the weekend of August 18th. The last in-person event I 100% have scheduled for this year is going to be less than low country. So that's the first week of October, mm-hmm. first weekend of October. Um, but next year I have, Sweet heavens, I'm making the rounds. I'm going to pull this up so that I don't miss any. Some of these I don't think are technically announced, but I'm going to be in April of next year. I'll be at Readers Take Denver. That one has definitely been announced. Um, That's weekend of April 18th. Um, I'm going to be at Romance Invades the Rockies up in Calgary, Canada in July. I'm going, (laughs) you could mark your calendars. I don't think I'm technically supposed to say yet whether or not I may be in Europe in September, but if people know what happens in Europe in September, <laughs> you can probably count on me being roaming around. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like mark your calendars more, more from right. me soon, but yeah. I may be we, in Europe. We all know what September. you mean. For two events. I'm, I'm planning to be at two events in September. Um, and then probably less than low country again next year. And then the last one on my calendar for next year, for sure is, uh, love in Vegas. 
um, at the end of October. So I'm going to be real busy in 2024. I'll be all over the place. You'll be able to have when I'm able to update it with actual like confirmed updates. Mm -hmm. That's all available on my Instagram. I have that pinned at the top of my Instagram page. Um, well, thank goodness you only have one job now. For, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, it's like with the pandemic and with working and with all this stuff, I haven't traveled in so long. So when I had a couple of these opportunities, I was like, I'm going for it. Like yeah. I'm going, we're going to Canada. We're going to Europe, pack our bags. Um, so it should be fun. Um, it'll be really busy, but it should be fun. And, and I just love getting out and seeing the readers and being on panels and, it's it's fun for me. It is fun. So we know you mentioned earlier that we can get your books off Amazon, but where else can we get them? And where do you prefer that readers buy your books? Yeah, so I'm in a huge moment of transition right now, like a very big transition as I am shifting a lot of pieces of my works Uh to traditional publishing. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been picked up by, uh, in a couple of different directions. Not all of my deals are, are public yet. So it's, I'm in a very weird space where I can't say much, but I can tell you that change is a coming, like change (laughs) is coming at this moment. Your best place to look is Amazon. Your best place to look is Amazon. We're going to be, for those that are in the UK Commonwealth, excluding Canada, moving through this fall, you're going to be seeing changes because especially for the hockey books, they've been picked up by a UK publisher and they're rolling out like as quick as they can. They're trying to roll out both Pucking Around and Pucking Wild to be available. And when they do that, it's going to be available pretty much anywhere. in the UK Commonwealth. So you'll be able to go to normal bookstores. You'll be able to go to ebook platforms off of Kindle, right? Like they're going to put it everywhere. That's going to be rolling out through the fall. So it's a, it's just a very weird situation I'm in right now of it's just the trend. It's the period of transition. These next couple months are going to be weird. It's going to be like, Hey, I thought this was on Amazon. Why am I finding it here? Because they've picked it up. right? Right. So, um, I'm just going to say for right now, bear with me. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you unsure, ask as everything folds outwards. All of my books, because I get this all the time, every title that I have right now has been picked up for audio. Oh, I have great. two that are out. Four are going to be rolling out through the fall. So we have the third in the Regency books that's going to come out this fall. They're recording now. My hockey books are all being recorded now. Those will be coming out through the fall. Um, so audiobooks are on board, ebooks, paperbacks. The only thing I don't have anywhere right now are hardbacks. Um, even that could be changing. I don't have details yet for you. Um, but yeah, US readers stick to Amazon. US read for the next several months, winky face, maybe not forever, <laughs> but for the next several months, look on Amazon. Right. UK Commonwealth readers, just bear with me. It's going to be messy. We're rolling it out so that you will have tons of options, cheaper options, right? Because that's the name of the game is like wanting accessibility, wanting it as cheap as possible. Um, but the rollout is just kind of weird and uncomfy as we... And you know what I just realized as we're talking is we've said the title of your hockey romance several times, but not the title of your Regency romance. So can you tell our readers what that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the series is called the Second Sons series. Um, The idea being that they're all second sons, right? Mm -hmm. The first sons all get to inherit and the second sons get to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So So those first two books are on audio? 
the first two. So okay, that's great. Rosalie's duet is done. So Rosalie's duet is Beautiful Things and His Grace the Duke. Those are those first two books. That's Rosalie's duet. Book three is a spinoff for one of the main characters, Madeline. So it's basically Madeline's love story. Madeline's book is an MMF. Rosalie's is an MMMF. Why choose? So Madeline just has two gentlemen. Um, Rosalie has three. You know, I've realized the more I read Why Choose, the more I really enjoy MM mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, like a lot, a lot. And I didn't even realize that was my thing probably until <laughs> this year. But I'm like, yeah. okay, I think I like I like how uninhibited men are, I guess. I yeah. think, you know, in a lot of writing, that's how it is. So, um, yeah. Okay. So we we know that we can find you on TikTok. We know about your Facebook group. We know you're on Instagram. Is there anywhere else people can find you online? No, those are the main ones. Um, I, I, I We've been building out a really lovely community in the Facebook group. So if you join that, uh, it's really welcoming, a lot of fun. I do a lot of like sneak peeks in there. I'll do sneak peeks of art. Um, talk about, you know, upcoming things. I'll get, I'll get a bit more personal on there than I do in some other spaces sometimes sharing stuff. Uh, I'll do lives through Facebook. Um, that's the main place I do lives. I don't really do any lives on TikTok. I've done a couple of lives here and there on Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter, never use it, right? Like I check it like once in a blue moon, but I have it. Um, so yeah, those are the main places. I would say the best places to, the best place to contact me is going to be my Instagram DMs. Um, not Facebook. I don't really check my Facebook DMs either because you get, I get a ton. I don't know if this is similar for you. I get so much spam. I do too. Facebook DMs. It's just 90% of it is spam. So I've just stopped checking it because it's like, this is a waste of my time. I'm like, like, I do not want to be an ambassador for your sunglasses. (laughs) I know. Oh my yeah. God, stop messaging me about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll because just we, be run, like... we run this account, and then I have a business account, and then I have a personal account, right? And so I'm like, I don't want to be your ambassador yeah. for anything. Yeah. Like, unless yeah. you're going to send me a contract in this, like, you know what I mean? Then maybe. But no, yeah. I don't want you to send me your free cheap ass sunglasses. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, but I'll get it. Like, I'll get, and then every once in a while, something will go into the Facebook DMs, and I'll be like, oh, God, I, like, I feel terrible that I missed it, or I feel you know it's like it was something that was pressing or like a reader feels neglected or something i'm just like it's gonna go in there and it's gonna disappear into the black hole of sunglass ads and (laughs) please open this attachment requests or whatever i'm like never i will never open your stranger on the internet but yeah so i don't know what it is what it is about facebook dms but i'm just like that's a black hole don't don't contact me there that's not gonna not going to answer. <laughs> so one thing that we always do to wrap up our podcast every single week is we talk about our nerdiest thing of the week. So it can be okay. something you did, something you watched, something that you saw somewhere that you really loved. And so we would love to hear what your nerdiest thing of the week is. Nerdiest thing of the week. Um, I'm trying to think. What even is nerdy? Quirky, nerdy, silly. Really, kind of like your guilty pleasure of the week. Maybe we can say that. My guilty, (laughs) guilty, I don't think it's not nerdy at all, but a guilty pleasure of the week is um, I have become fixated until I, until I finish this pack of graham crackers. (laughs) I'm going to keep making what I am calling like an um, Emily's peanut peanut butter s'more explosion Mm. dessert. (laughs) Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah. It's like quirky. So it's like, I love peanut butter. 
and I love s'mores. So put your hands together. I found like <laughs> cleaning out my closet. I found like a box of graham crackers, and I was like, well, what what else does one you use? Just graham turned your crackers graham crackers into s'mores. a why choose dessert. <laughs> So so I've been taking, it's like my decadent thing I've been letting myself have. And I've been like spacing it out because it's like these graham crackers won't last forever. (laughs) I take the graham cracker and I put a little bit of peanut butter on it. And then I put like the little Hershey square and then like a little bit more peanut butter, just a little bit. And then you take a marshmallow and you just like pull it in half and stick it on. So it's like, I'm not cooking, I'm not like roasting the marshmallow, but yeah. So I'm just like... It's it's been my decadent. Emily gets to eat whatever she wants, <laughs> whatever she wants. Like as long as these graham crackers exist, I'm gonna make these s'mores. <laughs> Is it weird um, that I'm turned on by this dessert? <laughs> <laughs> I really am. It sounds peanut delicious. buttery. Yeah, I love peanut butter, marshmallowy. Well, I gotta well, say, Emily, that's pretty nerdy. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that with us. And you know, maybe I mean. we'll just bring you a box of graham crackers to lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then you can ke- continue to have this special treat well, for actually, yourself. Actually, I um I ran over to the bookstore today because they had just gotten a bunch of my books in and I to sign them. Um, and I was there. I was there a couple days ago, and I made a video. I think I posted it on like Instagram or TikTok or somewhere. But I basically had said I was supposed to be there writing, but I, like nothing happened. Like I, the creative juices weren't flowing, but they had cheesecake for 75% off. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. For sure. <laughs> like, I was like, you hooked me. 75% off cheesecake. And then I was like, there's a reason this was 75% off. This is like the worst. Like, <laughs> like the shelf life was just done. Like it was terrible. I couldn't even finish it. Oh. But so one of the readers that came to me this morning she saw it and she went right next to the Barnes and Noble is a cheesecake factory. She mm. got me a piece of peanut butter cheesecake Aww. because like she's piece. like, I saw that you had a, t- had a terrible cheesecake. <laughs> you struggled with your dessert. <laughs> yeah. It's like you deserve better cheesecake and I know you love peanut butter. So Aww, she got it for me. Nice. It was so amazing. Sweet. Yeah. So that's it's like, really yeah, people sweet. know about my obsession with peanut butter and chocolate that's and desserts. Sweet. So she got me peanut butter chocolate cheesecake and it was so good. That's well, really sweet. I know we need to wrap up, but Mindy, do you want to tell Emily what we're going to be doing later on in the season? Yes. So, yeah. um, previous in previous seasons we've picked one book and Mm -hmm. we kind of go through and do a read-along and so Mm -hmm. our next season coming up we've actually just started recording it we're picking more books we want Mm -hmm. more more books in on the fun and uh so for when does it january January. so for january our episodes will all be on pucking around oh i chose it as my book for that time so yeah there'll be like i think three three mm-hmm. episodes I think we're going to do that'll be all okay. um, around my favorite book of the year. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. That's so, so fun. I'll have to, I'll have to tune into that. Yeah. See how it goes. Well, and then we'll see you in October as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you in October. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. We yeah. are thrilled to be talking with you tonight. This has been really, really exciting yes. for us. So yeah, thank you absolutely. so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. Well, come by, see me, see me at Less Than Low Country, um, and I'll be sure to like set something aside for you, like a little swaggy pack or whatever. Oh, I like, would love gosh, that. Thank you. you. Yeah. And we'll do yeah. uh, polish or porn too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. Love that oh idea. yeah. Yeah. For okay. sure. For All right. Sure. Be fun. We'll see you. Ne- we'll see you soon. Thank Bye. you so much. Have a great okay. night. Yep. Bye. 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 Bye.